0: Wow, damn, (laughs) big news, big news in the NBA, Damian Lillard teaming up with Giannis Antetokounmpo on the Milwaukee Bucks. Good morning, everyone. Jurassic Views, Ottawa's Raptors podcast, Bryce Diamond. It's taken me some time, folks, to to process, to absorb the news of Dame and Giannis. Now, I realize, you know, for Raptors fans, there was some interest in this story of where Dame was going. And we'll get to that in just a second. But Dame and Giannis is a ridiculous pairing. The talent the complementary skill set, positions. These two guys are a great, great match. And who they had to send to Portland and who Portland got out of this deal is, is actually pretty impressive. Now, Portland's tearing it down. They are rebuilding completely. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the direction they've chosen. That's why they decided to let Dame go. But there is still a lot that they have talent-wise. Their, their roster is still full. Damian Lillard goes to Milwaukee, and the Bucks send Drew Holiday to Portland. The also send Grayson Allen and I believe a draft pick, first-round draft pick, future first round, to Phoenix as a three-team to get all these salaries. You know how it is. These contracts matched up. Phoenix sends DeAndre Ayton to Portland. Huge. Now Portland has Drew Holiday and DeAndre Ayton. Two starters. One guy made the All-Star game last year. The other guy, you know, could be a future All-Star. He might not, he might never be, you know, a perennial All-Star or a superstar. But he, there's real possibilities as a center. He could crack the Western Conference All-Star team, you know, sometime in the next three, four years. From Portland to Phoenix, uh, Nazir Little, uh, a guy who was drafted a, a few years ago, a first-round draft pick, a uh, lengthy athletic wing, a good defender, has an upside for sure. Um, Phoenix gets some depth here. Uh, that's what they were looking for, knowing what they had sent out to get Bradley Beal, to get... Um, Kevin Durant. They sent out a lot of their depth. And so they needed some back. And I believe they got some. Uh, is Nurkic a perfect fit for Beal, Durant, uh, and, and Booker? I don't think so. But he's a, he's a, still a complimentary piece. He's probably a guy, to be honest, who comes off the bench. He might be a guy that they have to deal with. At the trade deadline, I don't know how that will all mesh up for him. He doesn't have to leave time zones. He's still on that Pacific time. But who the other guys that they got? Grayson Allen is a shooter. Again, Nazir Little is is a wing. Um, They they've done a pretty good job, I must say, getting picks back, bringing in depth after sending so many guys out there. This is a championship team in Phoenix. But let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks got rid of a starter, got rid of some depth themselves. Grayson Allen was a pretty solid shooter for them, contributor, not well-liked by many teams in the NBA. I believe he was the one who who took a shot uh, at... Um, Zach Levine, maybe was it one of the guys for Chicago? Maybe it was Lonzo Ball or Alex Caruso. But he took a shot on somebody not well liked by certain fans in the NBA, rightfully so. He's also a dookie that never helps. But he, they, they've got a, a, a strong shooter in Grayson Allen. Again, gives them good depth. They got a legit big man. They got some other guys who can come off the bench. I believe Bismack Biombo. Is there, again, complementary piece to the, to the big three they got in Phoenix. Um, so who knows what happens with that team. Who knows who stays by the time the deadline comes. But when you get the picks back that you do and the depth, you've been run well to set yourselves up for a championship team. Milwaukee, to get back to them because I keep talking about Phoenix, they've got two of the top 12 players in the NBA. You could argue Dame Lillard last year before they shut him down. Um, You could argue that these are two top 10 players. Giannis Antetokounmpo for me is the number two player in the NBA. You could argue Joel Embiid is better than him. I could concede that argument and you're putting him at three. Nobody's better after that. Jokic, Embiid, then Giannis. And there's some nights, there's some months... That Giannis is the best player in the world. Obviously, in the playoffs, with some injuries he was, he was dealing with, trying to recover from, he was not great. Certainly, there's holes in his game. What they get in Dame is a closer. And that's what they lacked last year. Chris Middleton, in 2021, when the Bucs won the chip, was better than I ever thought he would be. His mid-range game and, and his shooting and scoring in general, especially in the fourth quarter, were excellent. And Chris Middleton is going to be fresh this year. He got a little more time off. He got you know space from when he got his injury. Yes, age becomes a factor for this team. Like uh, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard is 33. Brooke Lopez isn't getting any younger. He's in his mid-30s. Giannis is the only guy in the starting lineup, I believe, who's not 30 or at least turning 30 uh, this season. It'll be interesting to see what a guy like Beauchamp, uh, the guy that they drafted last year, will be like in his second year. He could have a jump. Uh, the Bucks do have some question marks. You know, Connaughton's getting a little older. He wasn't as effective last year. Uh, Bobby Portis, he's definitely hit his ceiling uh, but can he be more effective as a shooter, uh, maybe even as a, as a defender uh, with Dame in the lineup? We'll see, right? Damian Lillard st- certainly is, is a far cry from Drew Holiday defensively, but as a playmaker and scorer, he might be a top five guy in the league. So to have that closer for Milwaukee now... Now this team has to be seen as 1-2, as maybe 1-B in the Eastern Conference, certainly on paper. We know what Miami can do. We know what surprises could come. But as a team going into the season on paper, this is, for me, uh, a 1-B team next to the Celtics. There's still question marks with the Celtics. Joe Mazzula still a young coach. Is Christoph Porzingis the right decision, and and allowing Marcus Smart to go. Robert Williams, uh, you know, his durability, does he have it? Certainly Al Horford uh, is older than even Brooke Lopez. So, you know, they got some older guys, some injury-prone guys in their front court. What happens there? Malcolm Brogdon was on the trading blocks earlier Um, you know, what kind of feelings does he have about that? He's probably a a professional. He's okay. He's probably okay. Um, they added some depth as well. Some Canadian content. The Celtics did with O'Shea Brissett and Delano Banton, man, Delano, you go from us to the Celtics, you know, not to do that. Even O'Shea Brissett, you should know better, but you had a few years in Indiana. So I get that you want to get out of there, man. Uh, the trade is huge. To go from maybe the fifth seed on paper going into the season to going to the third seed, I think Phoenix is going to want to have a a part in that conversation. Um, You know, it's huge. And again, to have a closer in in the playoffs, you're only running seven, eight, maybe nine man rotations at the most, and to have Two of the top 10 guys in the league on your team, again, scorer, playmaker, top five, closer, top five, and Damian Lillard with Giannis, who can basically put a team on his back for three quarters. Um, This is a ridiculous pairing. And I wanted to talk about duos in the NBA for just a sec before we get to the Raptors and how this impacted them and where things could go. We talked a lot in the playoffs about duos. You know, who has the best player on the court is one thing, but who has the best duo? And when Denver played against Phoenix, that was a question. Then LA, right, against that veteran duo in AD and LeBron. And then you looked with Miami, Philly, they came short, their duo. Boston, of course, in the mix. And their struggles were well-documented against Miami last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. But when you have a duo that is elite, it puts you in another echelon. It puts you on on another level for sure. It's one thing to have a top 10 player, a top 5 player. When you add a guy who's in the top 20, top 15, top 10 Now you're giving yourself a chance not just to be a contender, but a flat-out favorite in the league. So I wanted to look at a a couple guys, a a couple duos. I've mentioned them already. There's some tried-and-tested duos, okay? Obviously, you've got to give a tip of the cap to Jokic and Murray as tried, tested, and true after they just won the chip. Jimmy and Bam have to be in that mix, They've gone to the finals twice in the last four years. Braun and AD have won a championship in 2020. If they're healthy this year, knowing all the depth they've added in LA, including Gabe Vincent and being able to re-sign some of their free agents like D'Angelo Russell, AD and Braun do not have to have high mileage coming in to this season or throughout the season. They've done well, but there's another tried, tested, and true. Jalen uh, Brown and, and Jason Tatum, you must give respect to these guys. They've been in four of the last five Eastern Conference Finals. The only one they weren't in um, was that 2019 year when the Raptors went to the final Conference Finals against the Bucs. Uh, Jalen and Jason, for basically their whole careers, have been in the top four, it seems. Very impressive stuff. Um, then, then there's some talented duos in the NBA. But they, there's no title. There's no, um, you know, there's just question marks. It's a mystery. Can they be healthy? Can they play together? Will, will they stay together? Um, who knows? You know, talented, young and talented, you got to look at Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Guys who have just been straight injured, it seems, uh, for the last three seasons. And and there's obviously some physical restraints early in this uh, season that's coming up. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You could argue that's the best duo in the league on paper. Knowing what they've accomplished in their careers, knowing how important wings are, their ball handling, great decision-making wings... Again, they've been injured time and time again and have, you know, fizzled out, flamed out before, you know, expectations had them getting to the NBA finals. They've never been. They've only been to the conference finals once, but that's another duo. Talented, but, you know, haven't, you know, lived up to expectations. Another duo just came together and still haven't had that much time uh, and there's question marks around them, but boy, when you look at their talent, damn, they could be a top five duo, Kyrie and Luca. I mean, as Stephen A. would say, this is box office type stuff, right? And then you've got Embiid and Harden, who after two playoffs have underwhelmed. Um, you've got Philly fans wanting to sell <laughs> their playoff tickets because they're tired of Embiid and Harden uh, just not showing up in the big moments, uh, just fading, you know, like like a rose, petals falling off late in the season when it matters most. and And so there's some talent there. But I think when you look at the top five duos, and it's tough to name a top five when you see how much talent there is in the group of six in particular, if these duos can be healthy, if, if they've got some luck with their team, if chemistry is high, if they get on a roll, who's the top five duos in the NBA? Well, I think number one, if you were to create like a power ranking situation, having just won the chip, knowing how complementary they are to each other's games, I think you got to say Jokic and Murray. Hands down, the number one duo going into this season. Obviously, there's some context, team context, but I think it's safe to say that in terms of just a duo, they might not have uh, the, the team talent, but as a duo, and as complimentary as they are to each other, and as hardworking and confident as they are. I think Jimmy Butler and Bam, for me, are, are number two, okay? And again, they're, they're tried, tested, and true. There's no question marks around them. It's just their team. You add Eric Spolstra to that duo, and, and it's, it's a pretty, pretty high-level uh, group. The next group for me, Jalen and Jason. We know that they have struggled in big moments. This team was the favorites in the NBA Finals in 2022. Last year, they were the favorites to win it all again. Take the the Celtics versus the field. And many would have taken the Celtics even outside of the state of Massachusetts. But for me, they got to be number three. They're just so talented. And they've gone through... Difficult times. They faced adversity, and now this is the season that they might go all the way. Uh, they've learned enough. After them, at number four, I think it's KD and Book. Uh, there's there's just oodles and oodles of talent. Booker took another step, and if it wasn't for a calf injury, I think that Denver-Phoenix series goes seven. So KD and Book, there's just so much scoring, and I think they're deceptively uh, strong defensively. KD in 2021, when they lost to the Bucs, that playoff run, he showed me some things defensively. You could almost put KD at the five in some situations. Certainly if you played against Miami in a seven-game series, and Bam was the center, I think KD could guard Bam if he had to. So we'll see. Uh, what happens when they get there. But in terms of just a duo, what they're capable of, and and a power rankings duo, if they're healthy, for me, uh, this is a number four group. So that leaves two groups that I've mentioned that, again, from a talent perspective, uh, you have to put in this elite group above the other ones that I mentioned, who really haven't shown up when it matters most. And, you know, I'm going to probably get some heat for this. This is probably some controversy, but I'm going to keep AD and Braun off this top five list. And the reason why is because, for heaven's sakes, LeBron James is 39 in December. And I know that, you know, his workouts, what he puts his body through through the summer prepares him for a long season. I know that. This guy is a freight train, well-oiled machine who can go the distance. But 39, 39? I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was nowhere near the level that Braun is at. And I still, I, it's just, there's just too many things that could go wrong at 39. As someone who's 45 and, and went from playing, 90 minutes of soccer to a stress fracture in less than a week. Uh, You know, I'm aware of how the body breaks down. But Braun, gosh, I think most people in this world who are professional athletes would take Braun's body, even for Braun to be at 39. The guy is an absolute god, sports god. Um, But I'm going to leave him off the list because his running mate, AD, Has not been consistent, even in the playoffs this past year. Had great games and then just sunk. Uh, Looked like, you know, Braun was was carrying them. And that's unfortunate. So then that goes to the next duo, who is a mystery. As much as there's potential, they haven't even played a game together outside of the All-Star game this past season. Which, in which Giannis picked Dame over his own teammate Drew Holiday, which LeBron said was fishy uh, and has come up uh, on the reels uh, on social media this week. But Giannis and Dame, if you're just looking at their player rankings, two top 10 guys, on this list that I just named, those six duos, only KD and Booker, have two top 10 guys in the duo. Everybody else is just one in, one out. And that's if you are focused primarily on playoff performances. Dame and Giannis give you something a little extra. Again, it's very much potential. But that potential could be the highest in the league, hands down. We'll see how things play out. We'll see if Giannis is able to, you know, take his foot off the gas a little bit in the regular season so that he's healthy going into the playoffs, unlike last year. But right now, from a talent perspective, purely potential, they have the chance to be the best duo. But certainly on paper, I'm going to give them a top five. Sorry AD and LeBron. Sorry to all those, um, you know, lovers of LBJ but the King does not get his crown in this one. And for me, Giannis and Dame are the number five duo on this list. It's gonna be seriously exciting. Now, from a Raptors perspective, we know how directionless the Raptors have been in the last couple seasons, really. Um, They got lucky, some could say, in 2022. Uh, Things did not work out at all. Chemistry, vibes were just plummeted last season. Nick Nurse is out. A new coach is in. Fred Van Vliet is now the 13th highest paid player in the league, even though he's not a top 30 guy in the league. What is this team going to become? There were talks that Dame might come to Toronto and that you'd see Gary Trent Jr. perhaps, along with OG Ananobi, Grady Dick, and maybe even Precious Achua. That's a lot of depth. That's a lot of youth would be going out the door to bring Dame. And then we could talk about Pascal and Dame being in this top six, top seven duo in the league. Very complimentary pieces, uh, players. But the Toronto Raptors, there's still a lot of question marks, a lot of head scratching. Where is this team going? What is Maasai doing? Bobby, does he have a say in all this? Or has Maasai just kind of, you know, swept Bobby under the rug, uh, leaving him, uh, you know, back in Hawaii on the beach until the season starts so that Bobby doesn't (laughs) leak anything or or show his frustration or shake his head around Maasai? Who knows? Who knows? But here's, here's a thought. Drew Holiday is on Portland. Drew Holiday was an all-star last year. And I think with his body type, his skill set, his experience, even though he's 33 years old, same age as Damon Lillard, I think he'd be an upgrade from Fred Van Vliet. You add better chemistry and certainly more of a player's coach and a development guy who just brings encouragement, and positivity in Darko. The Raptors look very interesting if they were to get Drew Holiday. Portland, it doesn't make any sense for them to have Drew Holiday, a salary guy that high. It doesn't make any sense. He's no Dame Lillard, but he's just a couple steps away, to be honest, because of how elite his defensive Uh, game is and how elite is decision-making game. Even his three-point shooting is pretty solid. And so if you let some guys go to get Drew Holiday, a guy who last year shot 38.4% from downtown, a guy whose field goal efficiency is 55.6, that was among the leaders for guards last season. He had 7.4 assists, top 10 in the NBA, and will board for you, and can switch up defensively one through three. He's got more consistency in his offensive package than Fred VanVleet. He's got more versatility defensively, and there's less ambition and ego than Fred as well. That's not a shot at Fred. That's just to say what Fred believes in and what he thinks he can do to raise the, the team's game with his offensive game and his scoring as well. Drew Holiday's not as ball dominant as Fred Van Vliet. So if you were to get Drew Holiday, you've made an upgrade. Plus you've got Dennis Schroeder who we, we were begging for a backup point guard last year. And I would say as a backup, as a guy coming off the bench, Dennis Schroeder's a top five point guard coming off the bench. Some have argued his ability to penetrate the lane, his ability to be a pest and keep offensive players in front of him. He's a better on ball defender than Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet's a great off ball defender. Great hands. We know what he's done from a Steels perspective. But Dennis Schroeder is, is probably a top 10 defensive guard at keeping guys in front of him, being a pest and frustrating really good penetrators. You put those two guys as as a package together, Drew and Dennis, and then close games with those two guys. Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi and Pascal because, well, Purtle's a bit of a liability down the stretch with his lack of, of shooting uh, outside of 10 feet. And of course, he's not a great free throw shooter. This team becomes a real pest. This team becomes a group that no one really wants to see come the playoffs, including Joel Embiid, even though they're undersized. Because they will just keep coming at you. Speed, athleticism, pesky defense, uh, belief, endurance. You want to talk about guys who can go 48 minutes. Drew Holiday, Dennis Schroeder, Pascal Siakam. Those guys can all play 40 minutes if needed. So if I'm a PSI, this is the time to be ambitious. Otherwise, you you need... To seriously tear it down like Portland, if you're not serious about getting Drew Holiday and saying goodbye to a few of your young guys, to a few guys who who have been you know important, you thought maybe could be quite special in Toronto. Uh, you know, if this ain't the year, it's never gonna come with this particular group, and so for me. Gary Trent Jr., Precious Achua, right off the bat are two guys you got to consider giving up. You've got depth at the power forward spot and certainly for Portland, those two guys match up better for the timeline of Scoot and for Shaden Sharp. Then it becomes about contract and, and probably preference. And I would imagine... Portland knowing that they'll probably want another draft pick, the best guy for them to get is Otto Porter Jr. I don't think the salaries match up, I you know, identically, so you might need to get a second round pick in that mix just to bump up the contracts and match him with Drew Holidays. But that's not a bad deal. I don't think Portland wants Thaddeus Young as nice as a guy as he is. Uh, as great as a mentor and probably a future coach in the NBA, if not the NCAA, they probably don't want him because he doesn't offer them much at the trade deadline. No one's going to want Thad Young. Thad Young is older than Otto Porter Jr., but he doesn't offer the shooting. And, you know, his game was just so much better four years ago and offered something to teams. Then he doesn't offer much now. Um, The other guy is Chris Boucher, who has a bigger contract. You wouldn't have to have the second pick. Um, In that mix, he matches up with Precious and Gary. Uh, They match up with Drew Holiday's contract. Uh, But again, he's not going to stay on the team long term. And I don't think teams are as interested in Chris Boucher as much as they are Otto Porter Jr., People are looking for a guy who's experienced in the playoffs at hitting threes. That's what Otto Porter Jr. gives you as a three slash four. Chris Boucher doesn't offer you that. And as great as Chris Boucher could be in the regular season, it's not about the regular season. Chris Boucher is not an elite enough you know, to, to, to have him in the mix on contending teams. And certainly Portland doesn't care about winning, so why would they want him on their team? So I think likely the package is a second-round draft pick, Otto Porter Jr., Precious Achua, and Gary Trent Jr. for Drew Holiday. Again, you get Drew Holiday, and to me, we are a top-four team in the East. Maybe we don't fare that well in the playoffs because we just haven't played that much together, to be honest. Uh, Certainly, Drew Holiday and Dennis Schroeder just haven't played any games, But the type of group, the type of skill set that now the Raptors have, again, likely with better chemistry, but showing a direction that you want to win now. You have a better team than you've had in the last two years, last three years, if you can't count the Tampa tank year, which I really don't most days. But you look at matching, you know, comparing rosters, they're better. They are flat out better than that team. And there could be a hunger that's built. Who knows? There's a lot of potential with this team. I'm not saying this is a team that is fighting for the Eastern Conference title. I don't think they're that good. A Scotty Barnes would have to have, you know, an absolute, you know, massive jump to be able to do that. But this is a team that now becomes similar, similar to the Miami Heat last year in their playoff run. And they did get some luck. We know that. They got some luck in that they finished eighth instead of seventh because they lost to Atlanta in the first play-in game. And they got the Bucs who were beat up, but they know the Bucs well, and they match up quite well against the Bucs, right? And then in, in the second round, they got the Knicks. Easier game. So who is going to be the four or five seed that Toronto may face if they if they get Drew Holiday? You know, is it gonna be Philly, who they don't particularly match up with, but probably the vibes are bad and you'd love to beat your old coach Nick Nurse? Is it gonna be a team like the Cavs or the Knicks, who again you match up really well against? You went three and one against both teams last year in the regular season, and and both teams have issues. Uh, dealing with the kind of athleticism, length that you have, but also you put Drew Holiday in, on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's in serious problems. Even if you put, you know, OG on Mitchell, who's been great, and then Garland's got to deal with with uh, Drew Holiday. What do they got? Mobley is not that guy. He's not even close. So Cleveland would be in trouble. The New York Knicks. Now Jalen Brunson's got to deal with Schroeder and Holiday. I'm sorry, Jalen Brunson. That defensive tandem is light years ahead of Garland and Mitchell. You're going nowhere. It's like playing the Miami Heat and you got locked up against the Miami Heat for much of that series. They gave you one game where you dropped 40 and, and you were able to win to make it interesting but you were never really in that series. Jimmy Butler was dealing with an injury. They were able to sit him because they knew they were going to win that series. They're still inexperienced. It's okay. We we can deal with them. Atlanta would be interesting, but again, I think you've got two great guards to deal with DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, which is their team, let's be honest. Um, So anybody that we'd face in that 4-5 game except for Philly, if they were to be the four or the five, um, we would deal with. Miami would be seriously interesting, but again, we played very well against them last year, and that was without Drew Holiday and Dennis Schroeder. So I feel very confident we get to the second round. The question then becomes against the Bucks, against the Celtics, do we have a chance? Personally, I don't think so. I think both teams are just better and they're going to be prepared well. But the question marks come in that everybody's got these rookie coaches. Adrian Griffin, um, you know, Darko, obviously, rookie head coach. Um, and, and shout out to Adrian Griffin for landing that job. Um, he's been a, a lead assistant for, for many years at the Raptors, three years at the Raptors. Um, great job. Did he think he was going to get Dame Lillard? Wow. Amazing opportunity for him. But a lot of pressure is on. A lot of pressure is going to be on him, certainly as the season gets closer to the playoffs. And then uh, you've got Joe Mazzula, you know, And we know the frustrations that existed last year when Joe Mazzula was in the playoffs and the Celtics got down 0-3 against Miami. That same pressure could come should it be a close series against a team like Toronto? But I think at the end of the day, the talent gap is too too wide, and so I think our ceiling would be, you know, conference semifinals, second round, and that would be okay. I could deal with that, you know, knowing that Dame is now a Milwaukee. But it puts us in the conversation. For heaven's sakes, it makes us a successful top eight team. This is like where we were in, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, 18 before we got Kawhi. Um, and certainly, there's always possibilities that a true superstar like Kawhi was in 2018, like Dame was this year, comes into the mix and trades and you've got the capital. You've got the the roster to be able to go get a big guy. And here's what I, the report that I've heard. And here's where Masai scratches his head. And here's maybe where, where we're left a little sour in the mounds. Masai decided that he didn't want to trade OG. The trade package I've heard, who knows if it's true, because <laughs> is the press ever really... In, in the know in any kind of way, I don't know. Certainly not the Toronto Press. But apparently the package was Gary Trent, Grady Dick, Precious Achiuwa, uh, Thad Young, and I think a, two first round draft picks. Well, you're not going to get you're not going to get Damian Lillard with that. He didn't. Masai didn't want to give OG. That's that's what the the media has said. Some media members, I should say. I don't know if that's the case. But here's the other thing. Messiah could say, well, Damon Lillard's in his, you know mid-30s. he's 33 now. Does he, is he propelling us to that championship contender? I don't think so. You know, I'm talking about Drew Holiday being on this team. OG's still on the team in a Drew Holiday trade. Without OG, if Damian Lillard is on this team, are we championship contenders? I don't think so. So Dame on the Raptors without OG is about the same as Drew Holiday on this team with OG, Scottie Barnes, Pascal Siakam. Right? That's the truth. And when you add Grady Dick to the mix because you're not trading him for Drew Holiday... If Drew Holiday is on the team with OG, with Grady Dick and all the other guys, I think it actually works out to be just as good, if not a little bit better for the Raptors in this way. But the truth is they're not a title contender. But there might be an opportunity where you can get into that title contention because you've got enough guys that you can send, right? Who knows? It's a long way out. I'm talking about things that might never happen, including a Drew Holiday trade. But I will say this. No Gary Trent Jr., Precious Achua not there, and Fred VanVleet gone. I will say this. Dennis Schroeder, Drew Holiday, and a healthy Otto Porter Jr., a Grady Dick, who's just been added to your group. Jaden McDaniels, sorry, Jalen McDaniels on this team as well. And a full season with Jakob Pertl. We're better than we were last year. That's an upgrade. This is, you get Drew Holiday, and we're talking about a 50-win season, hands down. Did I just say that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> did I just say that? Uh I did. That's not a hot take. That That is true to, to who we are. Listen, the Cleveland Cavaliers just won 50 games last season. We'd be better than the Cleveland Cavaliers. A lot has to go well, and they had a lot going for them last season. But we'd be better than them going into this season. We'd be better in the regular season. We'd be better in the playoffs. And we'd be a top three, top four team in the Eastern Conference if Drew Holiday comes. All right, y'all. That's all I got. Damian Lillard, just massive news going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Still things could happen for the Toronto Raptors, but Dame time is definitely not coming to Toronto, which is too bad, I think. I had a whole pod set up about being curious. Dame Lillard being added to the Toronto Raptors, and where does that put us among Eastern Conference contenders? Um, But I had to switch gears. (laughs) Because Dame went to Milwaukee and OG is still on the Toronto Raptors. Um, exciting stuff, y'all. The season is, is what, three weeks away? I believe three weeks today uh, the season begins. Obviously, there's press conferences, preseason press conferences that are happening on Tuesday. Is that right? Monday. Monday, October 2nd. And then October 3rd. The Raptors are out in the BC area, I believe Burnaby this year, to do their training camps. Hopefully, if the Drew Holiday trade happens, hopefully Drew Holiday is out in Burnaby. We will see. Lots to to keep our eyes, uh, you know, on the lookout for. Uh, lots of news coming coming down the pipe, I'm sure. Uh, but things are coming very quickly. This this is the time where it just seems like another thing is happening. Um, you Know almost daily, so keep reading, uh, keep those notifications on from any woge bombs, uh, or, or any big moves from Masai and Bobby, and we'll catch up to you later. Hoping to have a few guests come on, like I did with Alex Adams, uh, coming on the pod, an Ottawa journalist, to talk about his experience in Indonesia. We also had Amanda Coffey, a photographer for CBC Sports, and and, and um. Interrupt, uninterrupted Canada, um, gr- two great guests, two great interviews. Brandon Duval uh, was on the same team as me as we talked about Team Canada. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, please listen to those. Uh, just real fun, real fun uh, episodes and, and just conversations. Um, but we will catch up to you soon and hopefully... We have Zaya given some more thoughts, possibly about the upcoming season, possibly about the Dame Lillard trade. Who knows with Zaya? Uh, He always has some great nuggets of truth to share, but he'll be uh, sharing from Lagos, Nigeria. If you haven't heard, he's there for the next three years as if he's Dame in Milwaukee. Uh, So yeah, enjoy the weekend. We will catch up to you soon. Peace.